Lord. Matthew chapter 5, and it reads like this. It says in verse 14, it says, You are the light of the world. A city that is set on the hill cannot be hidden. Nor do they light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a lampstand. And it gives light to all who are in the house. It goes on to say, let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. And tonight I want to take a few moments, not very long, just to share with you about being the light this Christmas. And letting your light shine brightly for the Lord this Christmas. You know, this year my wife has been very much into our Christmas lights on our house. And she said, you know, I want Christmas lights. And so the brothers in the home came. God bless the brothers in the home. And they climbed some pretty tall ladders to get those lights on. They look beautiful. And she really wants those lights. And and, and nights when I don't turn on the light, she says to me, turn on those lights. Don't you know we're in a competition in our neighborhood? And I said to her, what do you mean? She said, look at all the houses with the lights on. And it seems like there really is a competition in our neighborhood to see who has the brightest lights. One neighbor puts on a new light, and then the next day, the next neighbor will go and buy a new light. And uh, I can't compete because I'm kind of broke this Christmas. Come on now. But we, she says, I'm in a competition to see who has the brightest house on the block. And it made me think about our Christian walk with God, because how many know that as Christians, we ought to be the brightest on the block? How many believe that? And I don't know who started the tradition of putting lights on your house. How many of you have lights on your house? But I think it has a Christian root. I believe it has a Christ root. How many can say amen? Because in this book right here, the book of Matthew chapter 5, it says, let your light shine before men. Doesn't it say that? And when Jesus grew up and he started to work in his ministry and started to preach in his ministry, he taught his disciples to be the light. He said, you're a city on a hill. You're a city on a hill. And, and anytime you have a light, you don't put it on a ba- under a basket, but you want that light to shine brightly. Look at your neighbor and say, let's shine brightly this Christmas. I believe that when Jesus was born into this earth, he wasn't born just to give us a religious experience. But how many know he came and he was born, he took on this carnal flesh so that you and I could shine brightly for the glory of God. You see, I want to say something to you this Christmas. Let's shine brightly for the Lord. Let's determine in our heart that we're not going to have a dim Christianity. I think if we look back to our 2015, some of us could say you were pretty bright for God. You were on fire for God. You allowed the Holy Spirit to ignite you. But there might be some of you here tonight that when you look back on your 2015, you might say, man, I didn't shine as brightly as I thought I should have. Maybe my Christian walk was a little bit dim. Well, I've got a word for you. As we get ready to close out this year and we celebrated the Christmas holiday, let's determine in our heart that as we go into a brand new year, we're going to shine brighter than ever for the glory of God. Why, why can we shine? Well, the first thing is we shine because our light, someone say my light, is ignited by our Savior. Our light is ignited by our Savior. Why did Father God send his only begotten son to this earth? Why was he called Emmanuel? God is with us. God sent his only son 
so that you and I could be made alive again. And without Jesus, how many know we were dead? We were dead in that sin. We were dead in our trespasses. We were dead in our mistakes. We were dead in our failures. Some of us were really dead. We were, we were bound. We were chained. We were locked up. But when Jesus came to this earth, he took us out of darkness and he brought us into the light. And he made us alive and he made us brand new. And how many know it feels good to be brand new in the things of God? He took us from darkness into light. And you know what? He ignited us with the Spirit of God. That's what causes us to shine brightly. It's we have the Spirit of God within our life. We have the anointing of God within our life. We have something that the world does not have because the world cannot possess it. The world tries to manufacture a light, tries to make it seem like it has to have, has it all together, tries to make it seem like they have the real power. But how many know that that power is counterfeit? How many know we have the real power? We have the real glory of God within our life. Are you happy about it tonight? Have you been ignited by the spirit of the living God today? You see, brothers and sisters, the light gives us power. The light of God gives us power. What kind of power is it? It's power over the darkness. See, the anointing, the spirit of God, the fact that Jesus rules and reigns within your heart. You've been ignited for God, and now you have power. Say, I have power. You have power over the darkness. You have power, watch this, to push darkness out. When you've been ignited by God and darkness tries to come in, all you got to do is shine and darkness must flee. Come on, somebody, that's the word. That's a word for someone who had a tough year and the devil tried to bring darkness into your home. All you got to do is ignite yourself up in the presence of God and watch that darkness begin to flee. Watch the devil begin to flee. Watch the enemy begin to flee because you have a light. And when you have light, understand that you have power over the darkness. You have the power to push darkness out of your family. You have the power to push darkness out of your marriage. You have the power to push strife out of your home and to push sickness out of your home and to push defeat out of your home because you have been ignited by the power of the Holy Spirit and you got to shine brightly. And when you begin to shine brightly, darkness must flee. Are you with this tonight? See, in the presence of a Christian who's been ignited by the Holy Ghost, darkness cannot stand. Say that with me. Say, darkness cannot stand. Darkness has got to flee. If darkness tried to get you this year, light yourself up and watch that darkness begin to flee. Genesis chapter 1, it reads like this. I'll just read it very quickly. Genesis chapter 1, it talks about it right from the very beginning. That God saw that there was darkness over the land. It says the earth was without form and void and darkness was on the face of the deep and the spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. Then God said, let there be light. Come on, say that with me. Say, let there be light. Look at your spouse and say, let there be light. Look at yourself if you're single and say, let there be light. Look at your children and say, let there be light. You've got to understand that when you have light, you have power. And that light gives you power over the darkness. The Lord said, let there be light. And then there was light. And watch this. And God saw that the light was good. 
the light was good. Say that with me. Say the light is good. Say turn on the lights. Hey, come on now. Every time I pull up to the house this Christmas holiday, I roll up and my wife says, honey, turn on the lights. Because we're called to shine in the neighborhood. We're called to shine in the community. We've been saved. We've been blood bought. Come on, Victory Outreach. We've got a reason to shine. We've got a reason to light up tonight. God says, let there be light. He saw that the light was good and he divided the light from the darkness. And he called the light day and the darkness he called night. See, friends, light has the power to push back darkness. And, and let me say something to you. Why, why is it important to be ignited by our Savior? Because we're living in a world that needs light. Can I say it again? We're living in a world that needs light. It's, it, man, I don't know if you've been watching the news. And I'm not here to depress you tonight. I know this is a Christmas service. But times are getting dark. Can I say it again? Times are getting dark. Times are getting darker. Times are, are, are becoming so dark that people are looking for the light. But how many know there's a group of people at Victor Outreach San Diego who have been ignited with the love of God and ignited with the anointing of God? So what do I say to you? Let Jesus light you on fire again. Let Jesus turn on that light in your life. Can I hear an amen? The second thing is that not only is our light ignited by our Savior, but listen to me when I tell you that our light ignites the sinner. Our light is turned on by the Savior. But then our light ignites the sinner. See, light, hear me, not only gives us power to push out the darkness, but watch this. Our light gives us positive influence. Mm. Say, I'm a positive influence. There's some people here that you knew what it was to be a negative influence. Right? You weren't bringing people up. You were bringing people down. Why were you bringing them down? Because you didn't have the light. But once you're ignited by the Savior, now God gives you not only power to push out the darkness, but he gives you power to be a positive influence over your neighbor. Oh, this is good stuff. Say, I'm a positive influence. You see, when things are dark, when things are dark, let me put it this way, when times are dark, light provides something called direction. Say, I'm a positive influence. Light provides direction. Light, watch this, provides clear vision to those who cannot see. Come on now. When it gets dark, what do you say? Get the light. Because I want to see where I'm headed. Get the flashlight. Get the lantern. Get the lampstand. Come on, somebody. Get the floodlight. Well, guess what? I got good news to you. You're that light that God wants to use to open up a pathway for those that are hurting and those that are lost and those who are without hope. You say, Pastor Al, how are you preaching on evangelism during Christmas? Don't you understand that that's what Christmas is all about? For God so loved the world that he sent his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have eternal oh come on victory outreach christmas is about evangelism it's not about santa claus and rudolph the red-nosed reindeer and frosty the snowman 
That's what the world has turned Christmas into. Christmas is about lost souls coming to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. And we are the ones that are going to bring that hope to hurting people everywhere we go. Light gives us positive influence for those who are lost and wandering in life. We all know someone like that this Christmas. We all know someone like that. That's why some of you are a little stressed out right now. I can feel it. I feel the stress in this room. I feel it. You're stressed out to see those unsafe family members. You're stressed out. You're stressed to see those loved ones that, that aren't serving God or maybe they backslid. And you're saying, man, God, how am I going to influence them? You know how you're going to influence them? Fire yourself up tonight. Let the Savior light you back on fire tonight so that when you go to those unsaved family members and they try to steer you towards the darkness, your light is so strong that you say, no way. You're not going to steer me towards the darkness. I'm going to steer you towards the light because I have the word of God in my life. The psalmist said in Psalms 119, he says, how sweet are your words to my taste. Yes, sweeter than honey to my mouth. From your precepts, I get understanding. Therefore, I hate every false way. He says, your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. You know what I believe God is saying to us this Christmas? Be a light for someone who's lost. Keep your light shining brightly. Be prepared. Be ready. Come on, somebody. Let your light shine before men. Don't hide your light. Don't put your light under a basket. Begin to stand tall as that Christian that God has called you to be. Begin to stand tall as that man of God, that woman of God that God has called you to be. Begin to stand tall as that child of God and understand that before this week is over, you're going to see someone come to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ because you decided to let the Savior light you on fire. See, I believe that this is our mission to stay bright. Tell your neighbor, stay bright. Stay bright for God. Because the light will give you influence. What's the final point as they come to the keyboard tonight? Is not only is our light ignited by our Savior and our light does it ignite sinners, but lastly and finally, and I, I really put a lot of heart into this point, and I want you to catch it with me. And this is going to lead us to our ceremony this evening is that our light also ignites the saints. We're lit by the Savior. Our light ignites sinners. But you know what we're supposed to use our light for? To also ignite the saints. Are there any saints in the house of the Lord? I'm talking about the church. I'm talking about you. Now, if you're here tonight and you say, I'm not a saint, Pastor, I'm a sinner, you can get saved tonight. And you can come on into this church we call family, and we can light you on fire, and you can begin to understand that God's got a big plan for you. But God wants us to use that light to light the saints on fire. Because, you see, in the course of a year, oh, let me say this to you. Our light not only gives us power, our light not only gives us influence, but our light gives us safety. Safety. Somebody say safety. In the course of a year, how many know life can be tough? How many have ever felt like you had a tough year? Huh? Wave at me if you had a tough year. How many had a tough couple years? 
You know what it is to face tough times. And life can be tough. Being a Christian is not always easy. Being a Christian is not always a walk in the park. Being a Christian is not always something that comes without effort. How many know sometimes it's tough to serve God? Am I the only honest person here tonight? And sometimes when you're serving God, life begins to come at you real heavy. Starts to deal you certain blows, tough things begin to happen. And in those seasons, what the enemy is going after, watch this. What the enemy is going after in those tough seasons is he's going after your light. He's going after your flame. He's going after your light. Why? Because the devil, even the devil knows the power of the light. Even the devil knows the power of the flame. He knows even the, watch this, the devil even knows the power of the smallest flame. Because he knows that even the smallest flame can create the biggest inferno. Come on, church. Come on, help me preach this thing. Come on, clap for the Lord if you caught that. He knows that even the smallest flame. So what does the devil want? He wants your flame. He wants to blow out your candle. Because he knows that if he can blow out your candle, he can stop the work of God from burning in your family. And he can stop the work of God from burning in your marriage. And you can, he can stop the work of God from burning in your ministry. And if he can steal your flame, he can stop the fire of God from burning in your church. So as life begins to deal blows, the devil's just there trying to blow out your flame because he knows the power of the flame. I believe there's sometimes people here that you know what it is to have your flame extinguished. When you just come into church out of religious routine, just here, walk in one way and leave the same, week in and week out. Why? Because the devil has snuffed out your flame. You're here in body, but your spirit is dim. You're here in body, but there's no flame, there's no pilot light. Come on, somebody. You know what we're supposed to do during those times? You know what we're supposed to do during those times when you see somebody that's been snuffed out by the devil and snuffed out, they've had their flame stuffed out. Am I talking to anybody tonight? You know what we're supposed to do when we see someone's flame snuffed out? We're supposed to go up to them and tell them, you can borrow my flame. In fact, come closer to me. I'm going to take the fire that's on my life. Come on, somebody. And I'm going to light you on fire again because we're a family. And we're called to take care of our brothers and our sisters in the We're called to take care of our brothers and sisters in the Lord.
We are family. We are the family of God. We are a chosen people, a chosen generation. None of us walks alone. And if the devil has snuffed out your light, you are in the right place tonight because you can borrow my flame. It may not be the biggest flame, but I've got something that can light you on fire tonight because Jesus has lit me on fire as well. See, penguins are a great example of the church. Penguins are a great example of what we're supposed to do when storms begin to come against us and storms begin to happen. And I want them to put that video on the screen tonight because during storms, penguins, they begin to move together. They begin to gather together as a family. Somebody say family. Look at this screen and, and watch what these penguins do. Look at them real close, man. They begin to, they begin to cuddle. That air is cold, and, and if one of those penguins stands alone, he can die of frostbite. He could fall dead in that open snow. So what these penguins do is they begin to get as tight as they can. They be, look how they begin to get tight, and then they begin to push each other towards the middle. Because the tighter they get, the warmer they become. They take their light, and they begin to spread their fire. They begin to come together. You know how they do it? Watch this. They take the weakest penguins, and they put them in the middle. And they take the strongest penguins, the leaders, and they stand on the outside and they begin to push everybody towards the middle. The strongest on the outside, the weakest in the middle because they're a family. And they say, if you're going to go down, you're not going to go down without me. I've got your back. I'm going to watch you through the storm. I'm going to watch you through the tough times. Come on, Victory Outreach. Understand that we are a family and we are called to stand together. Look at someone and tell them, you can borrow my lights. Come on, look at two people and tell them, you can borrow my lights. You're my brother. You're my sister. You're my brother in Christ. You're my sister in Christ. I love you. Merry Christmas. I can't make it without you. We are family. We are one. That's why I get so upset when people don't come to services like this. Because it's in a service like this that you're going to learn something that you never learned on a Sunday morning, that we are family. How many of we are family? We are family. And you know what? Those people that are shopping out there, man, I, man, I hope they get convicted tonight. When they come back, we'll put them in the middle. Hey, where'd I fit? You go in the middle, bro. Because we got some people here tonight that value family, that say, you can borrow my light. Come on, somebody. I'm not going to let my brother fall. I'm not going to let my sister fall. Woo! I want you to look at someone, two or three people, and say, we are families. And tell them, you can use my light if you need it. You can use my light. When you're feeling low, you feel like the devil's trying to snuff you out, get close to me. We'll pray together. We'll read the word of God together. Come on, we'll go, we'll go to coffee together. Come on, somebody. 
I'll come over your house. You come over my house. Come on, somebody. I'll encourage you. I'll build you up. Come on, Victory Outreach. We're family. This is Christmas. This is what it's all about. Tonight, I, I want everybody to stand. And tonight, we're going to do something that's symbolic, not only of Christmas. And friends, I want to say something to you tonight that Jesus didn't come so that the malls could be packed. Are you hearing me today? Christmas is so commercialized. It's ridiculous. It's, it's nauseating. You can't even say Merry Christmas anymore. You have to say Happy Holidays. Why? Because the very thought of Christmas is the central idea. Watch this. The very thought of Christmas is the central idea to world evangelism. And you know what we need? We need to be a soul winning church. We need to be a soul winning church. But you know how we're going to win souls? Watch. Put those penguins back up if you can. You know how we're going to win souls? You know how we're going to be effective at reaching families and love and, and seeing our loved ones come to Christ? By the sinner seeing that as a church, we know how to move together. When the sinner sees that we know how to share the light with one another, we know how to take care of one another, we know how to love one another, that we're a church that's not divided, but we're a church that's united with a vision and a cause and a purpose, that's when the sinner's going to say, hey, I believe God has called me to be a part of that. That's why tonight I, I, I want to say this to you. We got to get closer as a family. We got to connect as a family. We've got to take care of one another, starting with our homes, starting with our marriages, married people. Take care of your wife. Take care of your husband. Take care of your children. And then once you've done that, and I know it will never be perfect, but as you're striving to do that, take care of your brother and sister in Christ. Don't fight with your brother and sister in Christ. Love your brother and sister in Christ. You see one slipping? Come on, man. Be a friend enough to tell them the truth. Say, come back to the house of God. I love you. I'm praying for you. I'm not going to let you go. Even if they reject you, keep on loving them. Keep on reaching them. We're a family. We're together. And this Christmas, my prayer is that we'll get even closer. My prayer is that we'll know that Christ lit us on fire so that we can light the sinner on fire. But before we do that, we've got to make sure we're taking care of each other. And tonight what I'm going to do is something that's not only symbolic of Christmas, but it's symbolic of evangelism. And I want, I want that to burn in your heart. I want love to burn in your heart. I want care to burn in your heart. I want you to know that when you come to Victory Arch, you're not coming to just, you're not coming to a cold church where we just get you in, seat you, and then send you home. But we want to be involved with you, and we want you to be involved with us. We're family. How many can say amen? And tonight, I'm going to ask my wife to come. And what we're going to do tonight is we're going to do something just to symbolize our love for God, our love for the sinner, and our love for each other. And what we're going to do tonight is we're going to light these candles. And my wife will stand on one side. I'll stand on the other side. 
And we're going to ask our ministers and their wives to come. And they can use my flame or they can use her flame. And then once they've had their flame lit, we want them to share their flame with you. Now they're going to just go to their seat and whoever's around, they're going to light them on fire. But then what you're going to do, you're going to light the person behind you on fire. And then what are you going to do? You're going to light the person behind you on fire. And then what are you going to do? You're going to light the person behind you on fire. And then what are you going to light the next person behind you on fire. And then you know what? When we leave this place, we're going to light the whole city of San Diego on fire. Are you ready to do that? And prayerfully, as we light this city on fire, we're going to light the world on fire. Do you believe we can do it? Do you believe that we have the power? Hallelujah. Okay, babe, let's do this. Any candle. Doesn't take a big light. Go ahead, Howard. Hallelujah. Doesn't take a lot. Just get in there, guys. <laughs> Hallelujah. Powerful.
I want you to lift up every candle representing your family tonight. And right now with that candle lifted, I want you to begin to pray for your marriage. I want you to begin to pray for your home. I want you to begin to pray for your children. I want you to begin to pray for your grandchildren. I want you to begin to pray for every person that's important to you. And I want you to begin to pray for them in the spirit right now. Lord Jesus, we come before you tonight. And oh God, we lift up every family in this church. We lift up every marriage in this church. We lift up every husband and every wife in this church tonight. We lift up every child, every son, and every daughter tonight. We lift up every grandchild tonight, oh God. And this candle represents the fire of the Holy Spirit. And oh God, we pray right now that you would begin to ignite our families. You would begin to ignite our loved ones. You would begin to light them on fire, God. Oh, let the gospel begin to light them on fire this Christmas, oh God. Oh God, we pray that your miracle power would begin to flow in our homes, oh God. Father, we pray that healing begin to flow in our homes, oh God. We pray that restoration begin to flow in our homes, oh God. Come on, I want you to pray. Open up your voice. Open up your voice tonight. We pray, God, for our children, their health, their protection, their guidance, oh God, that they would serve you all the days of their life. We pray, God, that you would raise up a generation of people who love you with all their heart, mind, soul, and strength, oh God. Father, we believe that you are able. We believe that you can do it, oh God. We give our children to you. We give our grandchildren to you. Oh, come on, begin to pray. Father, we pray for this church. We pray for Victory Outreach San Diego, God. We pray that you would make us a lighthouse to our community, a lighthouse to our city. Oh, God, we pray that your anointing would always rule and reign in this place. That it would always rule and reign, God, in everything that we do. That the anointing would flow through our church like never before. That those that are bound would be delivered. That those that are hurting would be healed. We need more of your anointing, God. Make us a lighthouse, oh Lord. Make us a lighthouse, oh Lord. I want my wife to pray. Oh, Lord Jesus, I pray for every member of our church here. You know the burdens on their hearts tonight. And Lord, we feel your presence so strong in this sanctuary tonight. And Lord God, I pray, oh God, that you begin to move on our behalf, Lord. You know our secret prayers. You know every one of us. You know our secret desires, those secret prayers. And I pray, God, oh, for your mighty protection, oh, your perfect peace to cover our hearts, to cover our minds in Christ Jesus. Oh, God, we're so thankful. We're so grateful to have your presence in our life. Oh, that we don't have to leave your presence, but we can take your presence with us wherever we go every day of every week. We're, we 
could take your presence with us. Help us to be a light in dark places, God. Give us the courage. 